Thank you for that, Jennifer. I know what you may be thinking right now as I'm holding all these books. It looks like I got a library up here. I promise that I'm not going to read them all to you and we're going to be here for forever. I promise. Yeah, no problem. But uh, we're going to be in John chapter 15 today, uh, if you guys want to start turning there. But before uh, we get too crazy, I want to pray before we get started. Um, If everyone wants to stand up for me, let's just take everything in for a minute. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Father God, we come to you, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you that we have the opportunity to come here and to worship you. And Lord, we know that no matter what, that you are going to be faithful. And Lord, we know that your word is true, and Lord, we pray that your will would be done in this place. And Father, I pray that your word, uh, that you would speak it here, Lord, today, and that everything that I speak today, Lord, would be directly from your throne room. And Father, we just thank you for the revelation that we're going to get today from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. All right, John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit... If it is severed from the vine, and you can, cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Guess your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything, the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Amen. So like any good message, I was thinking about uh, what we're going to talk about today, and I'm sitting at home, and you know I'm on Facebook, right? That's where great revelations happen is on Facebook. And uh, I'm sitting there, and for some reason, I just feel the Lord speak to me, abide in the vine. Abide in the vine. So in this, in this passage, Jesus is talking about how, you know, he is the vine and we are the branches. You know, if you think about a little, a little uh, deal of grapes, right? 
you got the main vine, and then you got the branches that stem off that produce grapes. He says, you know, the ones that aren't producing anything, we just cut those off. That way it can give more life to the other ones, and they can continue to produce more and more and more. And so Jesus was really uh, revealing to me, and the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me about how we need to keep uh, abiding in the vine, which means to continue on uh, in our fellowship with Jesus. So I'm going to, just so you get an idea, abide means to bear patiently, to endure without yielding, to wait for, to accept without objection, and to remain stable or fixed in a state. So what we're saying here is, is that no matter what happens in life, I'm going to continue to walk with Jesus. And I'm going to abide in the vine, uh, taking in everything that he's giving me that I can keep producing fruit for him. Does that make sense? I don't know if you noticed or not, but I felt like I read it like five times that Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. And uh, I remember, I don't remember exactly where I heard this. It was really bugging me. But I remember sitting in the class and we were talking about how uh, in, in the old language, whenever they were writing this stuff down in the, in the Greek and the Hebrew and all this different stuff, um, if, if they repeat something over and over and over again, it's to emphasize importance. And so in this, you can see how important this really is. You may only see something in the Bible once or maybe twice, like in, in one passage of Scripture, but whenever you see it five times in one little passage of Scripture, it's to show over and over again, this is highly important. This is so important to you uh, as a believer. Okay, so we're going to kind of get into this a little bit today, uh, why this is important. But I think the reason that Christ says this is because he knows what comes of his people if they're not walking with him. You know, he didn't come to pay the ultimate price for us not to walk in his, in his grace and walk in his empowerment, right? He came and he died for us to walk with him. And so it's, it's kind of interesting, but Jesus has already uh, laid the foundation from what he expects from us as believers. He said, not only did he say, remain in me and I'll remain in you, but he also said, I think two or three different times, keep my commandments, and he also said, love each other. And so you, you see this, uh, basically, I mean, if you look at this passage of Scripture, it almost just repeats itself for, for two paragraphs, right? It's just the same thing, and it just says it over and over and over and over again. But it's just to keep emphasizing how, how crucial that is for a believer. And really, if you, uh, if you think about it, if those are the only th- three things that Jesus is asking us to do, he's asking us to remain in him. He's asking us to love people. And he's asking us to follow his commands. That seems simple. Like, Landon, you're not really saying anything special here. You're just reading, reading the Bible. But I'm telling you what, why in the world is it that we just stumble over these three things all the time? You know what I mean? It, it seems, uh, just talking about it, it seems so simple. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, follow Christ. But it, it never seems to, to work that way, that we are uh, caught up in a lot of different things. And uh, it, it, make, it hinders us in, in following Jesus. We're, we're, we're not abiding in the vine. And really, I think that's, that's the main reason that uh, we're, 
we trip over these that seems relatively simple things is because we're not abiding in the vine. We're not walking with Jesus every day. And, I, and I'm not talking about just uh, coming to church on Sundays, you know. That's, that's not abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine is, is waking up every morning and saying, Jesus, how can I serve you today? And, and how can I grow closer to you today? How can I uh, produce more fruit for you today? That's abiding in the vine. And so um, you might even not know what being outside the vine looks like. Because we have like this interpretation that, uh, that abiding in the vine may just be, uh, you know, what is that uh, saying? Don't drink, smoke, or chew, or run with girls who do, or something like that, right? That, that's not abiding in the vine. <laughs> what I'm telling you is, is that if you are, are constantly walking with Jesus, that's abiding in the vine. But here, let me give you some... Uh, I'm going to give you some examples, and really they may seem kind of piddly. Um, but like, for instance, abiding in the, not being in the vine might be, it might be you, uh, you know, driving to Joplin, right? Going to get some holy food, some Chick-fil-A, right? You've got to go get the good stuff. And on the way there, you know, you may be playing, uh, you may even be playing Christian music in the car, right? But uh, on your drive, you may not be paying attention to Jesus at all. You may be singing songs. Uh, even in here, we may be singing songs, but we may not be singing them from the heart. And we may not be singing them to the one who paid it all. Can you, just a little sidetrack, can you imagine, uh, just kind of picture this in your mind. You can close your eyes if you have to, but imagine if Jesus himself came into this room and you were singing uh, praises to him. How would you sing in this place? You'd scream it from the top of your lungs. And if you could dance coordinated, I can't. But if you could, I'd imagine that you would dance in front of him and sing uh, to your very best and, and do everything uh, that you could to worship him. But you see, he doesn't get that kind of attention day to day. Or, or for instance, it may be, you know, you may be sitting at home on Facebook like I was, and uh, you may see a prayer request pop across your uh, Facebook feed. And you may say, okay, and then you just kind of keep scrolling and you don't pay any attention and not take time to pray. Or you may wake up in the morning and uh, you may not read your Bible. And because see, these, these seem like uh, silly little things, right? Like when you're being kind of nitpicky here. But I'm telling you, it's so important to, to do this, to abide in the vine. Because what happens is, uh, let's say that you didn't read your Bible in the morning, you woke up late uh, and you're rushing things around and you're carrying stuff out to the car and you drop your phone and you break it and you're dropping everything and you throw it in the car and you are started off on a pretty pretty bad day, right? And you get there and then your boss Tommy's yelling at you because you were late and all this different stuff and it just, you know, and your day just starts off that way and you think, okay, you know, this day isn't going to go very good. But instead... At some point in time, if we would have just stopped and said, okay, I'm going to pray for a second, and I'm going to calm down, I'm going to collect myself, and uh, the day just goes so much smoother. I don't know what it is about reading your word in the morning. But see, I'm, I'm convinced of one thing, and that's what you're putting in to your body is what you're going to get out. Your body's going to speak what your spirit has inside of it. 
okay? Your actions, your, uh, the things that you're doing is going to be uh, a replication of what you have inside. So the more time that you spend uh, abiding in the vine and walking with Jesus and reading your word and doing, doing the piddly things, the, the uh, singing on the way to, to Chick-fil-A or what, whatever your thing may be, as silly as it sounds, is just one more thing that you're plugging in. But what happens is instead is that we go home after work, you know, on Monday night. And instead of uh, spending time in the Word, we spend time on, on Facebook. And, you know, that's a really encouraging platform. You know, there's a lot of good stuff on there. And then you flip on a news channel, and I'm not going to name any names, but they're all negative, right? And so you, you're getting this crud just fed into you. And then whenever you wake up the next morning, you expect to be like Christ. And, and it's what you're putting in is what you're getting out. So if you're feeling that way, that uh, maybe things aren't going uh, the way that you want or you're not walking in the way that Christ is calling you to walk, it's probably because you're not putting in the right things. And if you aren't doing these little things, taking time for Jesus, you're not going to be effective day to day. You know, how many times does, uh, does our whole day, you know, we, we start going through it, you know, it's 2 o'clock before things finally calm down and we're kind of getting ourselves collected back. And, uh, you know, you take time and you're like, okay, today really hasn't been my day. It hasn't been going good. But you take time to pray and then, you know, you feel the Lord speak to you what you've been missing all day and it's like, duh. How did I miss that? You know, but we, we have a history of, you know, going through the day, you know, just doing, 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 and then looking back on the day and saying, oh, well, I missed it there. I missed it here. I missed it there. But uh, never at any point do we say, I'm going to change that behavior. Instead, in the morning, I'm going to say, Christ, what do you want me to do? And as a result of that, I see myself performing in a different way. Does that make sense? And really, I'm not, I'm not here to give you an emotional appeal. You know, a lot of times you come into church and we sing these great songs and, uh, you know, we hear a lot of different things going on. You know, we invest in ministries, but we, we, we do it based on an emotional decision and not a rational one. We say, okay, I'm going to do that from now on. And then why is it that whenever you walk out of church and it gets to be Monday morning and you're not even doing those things anymore? I mean, it happened that fast. And it's because we're making these decisions based on emotion rather than rational thinking. And, uh, you know, I could sit up here and I could tell you that if you read your Bible every night and every morning, that you're going to be a great Christian and you're going to live a perfect life and you're going to uh, receive every spiritual blessing. And I'm sure someone would say, amen. And, you know, everyone would be pumped up about it and be like, okay, I'm going to go home and do that. But uh, whenever we get home and we start reading our Bible... And these things aren't happening for us. We wonder why it's not working. And you see, uh, people will say things like that. If you read your Bible, you'll be a good Christian because that's a fraction of abiding in the vine. Because if you start walking with Jesus, you're going to do those things as a result because you want to get to know him more. It, it, it changes. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, if you left your house this morning and it was a mess... If you go home, it's still going to be a mess. No, no amount of time that you're going to spend here praying is your house just going to magically get, get more clean. 
if you, yeah, darn it. But if you go home, you know, if you didn't put food in a crock pot before you left, you're not going to have a meal ready for you when you get home. But what I'm telling you is, is if you spend time reading your word, if you spend time singing to Jesus, if you spend time praying, that's whenever you're going to start to see God move in your life. Whenever you start doing these little things and, and only with the mindset of, I want to know him more, is your life going to change? I heard a, uh, a pretty, I guess, pretty wise guy, Dave in, in Liberia, he was saying that uh, he went to, I think it was Japan or China or something. But anyways, he, uh, they had everything. You know, they had, to him, they had big city buildings and they had all this stuff. And he lives in Liberia, Africa, where, you know, there's one road that runs through the whole place. And, you know, it's just a lot of poverty and that kind of stuff. And he asked somebody and said, you know, why do we, uh, why do you guys have all these things? And they said... Well, because you guys are, um, I'm trying to remember how he worded this. He said, you guys serve Jesus, but you don't follow his principles. But see, we follow Jesus' principles, but we don't serve him. And the problem is, is that there is fractions of God's word that work at certain times. Like it even says in the word that, you know, you can cast out demons and you can speak in tongues and you can do all this stuff, but you won't enter heaven. So there is fraction, like you can do a little part of something and see a little blessing as a result, as a result of that, but it's not really abiding in the vine. It's not really walking with Jesus. And one day, whenever we do get into heaven, we're going to see that that we were doing those things as a benefit of ourselves rather than uh, walking uh, with the Father instead of growing closer to Him and serving Him and His purpose. Does that make sense? It says, and there's a, uh, a verse in Matthew, and it says, Jesus is saying, and He goes, If anyone wants to be my, my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and come follow me. But see, here's the problem, is that we... Instead of relying on Jesus, we disconnect ourselves from Jesus. And then instead of carrying our cross, we start carrying guilt. And we start carrying our shame. And we start carrying our problems and the things that we've done wrong in our life. Instead of picking up our cross and going and following Jesus. So now instead of carrying the cross that Jesus asked us to carry, we're now carrying the weight of our problems. And we as, you know... Proud Americans, you know, we can handle stuff on our own. You know, we don't need anybody to do anything for us. We got it made, you know, we, we know what we're doing. But uh, the truth is, is that we all have this, these things in our life that, that hinder us. And instead of, you know, letting go of those things and following Jesus, we hang on to those things and say, that's what makes me not good enough to follow Jesus. And you see, if you think about this, so... Like uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. So God sent his Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. He carried this cross, right? And, uh, you know, he's, he's been beaten, he's been whipped, and he's wearing this crown of thorns on his head, and he's bleeding everywhere, and he's carrying this cross, right? And uh, it's heavy. It's so heavy. 
And uh, up to the point to where he does carry it and he falls and he still keeps trying to keep going and then he gets to where he is and he's eventually going to be nailed to that cross and crucified, right? But see, what he's carrying is he's carrying your sin and he's carrying your guilt and he's carrying your pain because you were never meant to carry that by yourself. You weren't meant to hold on to that at all because he says in his word that uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And see, he wants us to simply abide in the vine. He wants us to simply walk with him. You see, you were, set, you were set free. The minute that you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you were set free. But if you're choosing uh, to hang on to your guilt instead of walking in freedom, you're never going to be really set free. But he already paid it all. And the problem is, is that we start carrying that guilt and we start carrying that shame and we start carrying that sin and what we end up with is a void in our heart, right? And see, that's whenever we start turning to drugs, we start turning to, you know, um, pills, we start turning to sex, we start turning to all these things to try to find fulfillment in our heart for the one thing that we're carrying whenever we were never meant to carry it in the first place. And see... We sung a song uh, last week that uh, really explained uh, hell for me on a deeper level. Because, you know, if you don't accept Christ one day, you know, you're not going to be able to go into heaven, right? And uh, not only is, you know, they talk about the flames and they talk about Satan, they talk about all these different things of torture. And uh, that place was never meant for us. That place was only meant for Satan. But see, he's coercing us, trying to get us to go be in suffering with him. But uh, there's a song that we sing. Uh, we sung it last week. It says, better is one day in your court than thousands elsewhere. And you see, here's the deal. Is that one day, you know, let's say that you're not carrying your cross and you're carrying that guilt and that shame and everything like that, and you go, and you're spending your whole life turning over every rock, doing everything you can to find that fulfillment in your heart, but you can't find it. You're looking for it in everything, and you do end up doing all these things, all this alcohol, all this drugs, all this different stuff, trying to find that satisfaction that you've been looking for, and then one day you do get into heaven, and you get to spend that one day in his court, and you're face-to-face with the one thing that will satisfy your heart, but because of the choices that you made, you can't have it. And it was never meant for you. You were, that, that moment wasn't supposed to be, um, you know, like a decision in a final courtroom. That was meant to be a family reunion. You were meant to be one with the Father. But we start carrying all this stuff instead of just picking up our cross and going to follow Jesus. But he simply just wants to take that away. He already carried it. On that heavy cross. And all he wants is to be one with us. To abide in the vine. For us to walk with him. And uh, I went to Nick's uh, Sunday school uh, class this morning. In between services. And uh, John Bevere uh, said something. He said a friend had told him this. And it really caught my ear. And he said... uh, the very thing that we're struggling with, the very thing that we're choosing over Jesus is the very thing that put the nails through his hands on the cross. 
And that really puts it into perspective. You know, we're still dabbling in these things, uh, not abiding in the vine for something that Jesus already paid the price for. And if you want free from it, it's yours. The price has already been paid. But we continue to look back and say, okay, I'm going to punish myself. I'm not worthy of this. I deserve uh, punishment, you know. And And the truth is, is that you're right. You do deserve that. But Jesus already paid the price for it. None of us can stand here and say that we're perfect. None of us in here can say that we probably didn't even sin this morning before we came to church. Taylor was cussing at me whenever I woke her up this morning. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's so easy in the day-to-day, right, to get caught up in the things that are going on in life instead of simply taking each day to say, Jesus, I'm going to serve you. Because I don't know how many days that you have left in your life. I, I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is how you should spend each day that you can. Because if you're not walking with Jesus, then you're spending a fraction of, in time. So we have this little life that we live that goes by so fast. That determines the course of how we'll spend eternity. But we're choosing to spend right now in a way that will set us up for eternity in the wrong way. But see, the reason that I'm trying to tell you that abiding in the vine is so important is because, think about this. Even just in reading your Bible, every time that you pick up your Bible and you learn one more scripture, that's one more weapon that you have to use whenever life starts going the wrong way, whenever the enemy comes after you. In America, you know, we would say that's one more bullet in the gun, right? One more thing that we can use. For instance, Chip Brim came last year, right? And what scripture did he teach us? For I wasn't given a spirit of fear, but I was given a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. So whenever things aren't going your way and you're feeling a little bit scared or your mind's uh, boggled and, and messed up, then you can say, I, I wasn't given a spirit of fear. I was given a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Whenever you're laying in bed at night and the enemy comes in and he's trying to tell you, oh, you know, uh, your life's going to be over fast and, you know, you're done and uh, there's nothing, there's no heaven, there's no God, there's no any of this different stuff, you can say, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Yeah. Or whenever you're feeling weak and powerless, like you've done everything wrong and you're no good and all this stuff, you can remember Romans 8, 11. For I wasn't, or uh, no, that's the wrong one. But the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave is the same spirit that lives in me. You know, these things, you, you, I'm not even telling you like to, to pick up the whole Bible and just go home and read the whole thing tonight. But what I'm telling you is, is every time you pick it up, learn one more thing and hang on to it and remember it in your mind. And put it away. That way, whenever stuff starts coming against you, all of a sudden you'll just pull it out of nowhere and you'll be like, I didn't even know I remember that. But God's word works that way. And whenever you're apart from God's word, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a position to be apart from him. But the more time that you spend with him is the more time uh, and, and the better off you'll be in spending time with him. But think about this. And this was really heavy on my heart uh, the other day. What would, what would your life look like if I wasn't up here lying to you? If you really believed that I was up here telling you 
that this Jesus did come and that he did die and that he did raise from the dead. And you open up your Bible and you said, all of these things that you're reading really were true. What would your life look like? Would it look the same? If you believed that every prayer that you prayed was heard in the throne room of God and that he was working all things together for the good of those who love him, would your life still look the same? Because what I'm telling you is, is that whenever you accept Christ, that's not like your point of saying, okay, I got married, I'm settling down, I can accept Christ now because I'm not going to do anything fun. You know, that, that's, not, that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is setting yourself on a new path, on a new life, and an exciting life that will take you crazy places like Liberia, Africa, like Gary likes to go all the time. I mean, it's something to change the course of your life, not to settle down your life. But i got to tell you that if you really believe that, if you really believe that Jesus died on the cross, if you really believe that his word is true and that he is faithful, I promise you that it will change the course of your life. Because you must what? Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Not pick up your guilt. Not pick up your problems. But pick up your cross and come follow him. Abiding in the vine. Spending time with him. Connected to the one who made it all. And I got to tell you guys that I'm, I'm the absolute world's worst at things like this. Okay? The daily devotion things. I struggle with them. I don't know what it is. I have no problem picking up my Bible and reading them and reading it, but things just like this are hard for me to do. But I promise you that it's so important that you do it. For those of you who don't know, this is our uh, one-year chronological Bible. We decided to read the Bible together in a year as a church. And I got to tell you, you know, this is hard for me to do sometimes. But I promise you that it's so important to wake up every day and to read this word and say, Jesus, I'm abiding in your vine. I want to walk with you. I want to know you more. It's not like a, a task-driven thing that, you know, I have to read each day, every day, and just get the task done. But it's about learning more about the one who created it all. And like this week... Uh, what really stood out to me was uh, the story of Joseph uh, because, you know, he, he went through a lot of things in his life, right? He uh, got thrown and got sold into slavery and uh, finally ended up where he thought that God was calling him to be almost right there and then something happens and he's taken all the way back down and thrown into prison and then finally he's, uh, he's lifted up again and gets into the position that God called him to be in. But he went through this whole course of his life up and down, up and down, getting just a little bit closer to what God was calling him. But then it feels like he takes one step forward and he takes ten steps backwards. But I'm telling you that time after time after time again uh, that, he, uh, that God saw him through. And what I'm telling you is the point of it all to me, of uh, this story that we read this week of Joseph is that God's word will come to pass. That even though that it feels like you take one step forward and you take ten steps back, his word's still going to come to pass. And the more time that you spend sitting here meditating on his word and listening to him and praying to him and, and, and believing with his people, I promise you that it will change the course of your life. 
Let's, uh, I forgot to bring this up at the beginning. I had a professor in school uh, who, he would always go ahead and tell us if there was a video clip uh, during his uh, little presentation. He would tell us if there was like a video clip from the office or something. That way, you know, if we were really bored during his message that we had something to look forward to. But I forgot to tell you that that was coming, so maybe it'll just be a delighted surprise. Um, but uh, this was still the other day whenever I was sitting at home uh, one night on Facebook and uh, this video clip popped up. And I got to tell you, the Lord spoke to me with such, it was so clear. The Lord speaks all the time. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes his voice is way more clear than other times. And this was one of those times. And, you know, like if I wanted to say to you, say to you something and I wanted to emphasize its importance, I would say it louder, right? I would get excited. And, like, since Kent's not here and I was giving him a hard time, I told him, like, that he would be spitting up here on, on somebody. You know, whenever you get all pumped up and you start talking real fast and you emphasize that importance. But I really feel like that during this video clip that God really showed me something. And so, Norma, if you want to go ahead and play that, and we'll talk about it after. It's not even funny, dude. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. <laughs> That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet. Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. 
I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. It burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140 pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you? Yes. Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I weigh 160. So it's a little bit funny, right? A good little clip, but I mean, that's pretty big for me being a golfer showing a football clip, but what I'm telling you is the Lord spoke to me with such clarity over this, and that, that was Facing the Giants, in case you didn't know what movie that was from. Um, but whenever I was watching this, the, the Lord spoke to me and said, Landon, my church is filled with people just like this, who stand up in front and they say, I think I can go to the 30. Whenever really you have the potential to go the whole way. You can go the whole length of the field. But see, we, we read God's word and we read and hear what he's telling us and we interpret it based on our own expectation instead of where God wants us to go. And instead of us saying, God, 
no matter what it is, I'm putting on my blindfold and Lord, I'm going as far as you'll let me go. We say, I think I can go to the 30. And the part where he really spoke to me, did you hear the coach whenever he said, I know, don't, or he said, don't tell me that you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. Because you see, if, if just the number of people in this church really believed what the word of God said and really believed what Jesus said about you and the tools that he's given you, I promise you that this church would never look the same. But you see, whenever he was saying one more, one more, one more, that was one more person leading to Christ. That was one more Operation Christmas Child box. That was one more person that we're reaching, one more ministry to develop, one more person taking on uh, what Christ, the calling that Christ has put on their life. It's one more, one more person. And you see, I don't know if you saw it or not, but as he started going across that field, you know, all of his buddies on the sidelines started off laughing, right? They thought it was funny. Until that he got, I would say, probably around the 50. And then one by one, they started standing up and watching because they realized that something supernatural was going on. Something that he didn't even know that he was able to do. And what I'm telling you is, is that whenever you start walking that path, when you start walking towards the thing that Christ is calling you to do, I promise you that it's going to have supernatural results. And you're going to do things bigger than you even knew were possible. Because we set such low standards. Such low standards. And then we set them just low enough that we can reach them you know, fairly easily. And then we say, well, I'm glad I did that. But then you don't know what you're going to do next. But see, Christ didn't create a people Uh, to just settle for the 30-yard line. Christ created his people to be a holy nation, uh, a people set apart. The people of Israel were his own special possession, his royal priesthood. And whenever you take on and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you become part of his royal priesthood, the people that are set apart specifically for his purpose. But what I'm telling you is, you are set apart. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are set apart. The weight that you're carrying around right now has already been carried on the cross. Just like he said, God's given you the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. God's given you uh, something within your heart some ministry, some, some thing to get involved in, something he's calling you to do. Don't waste it. So you could be in a lot of different places today, and I, I don't know where everybody is. I don't know if you've accepted Christ. I don't know if you just shot someone on your way in here. I, I have no idea. I don't know what your current status is. But what I'm telling you is, is that if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you died today, you, didn't go to, you don't know if you'd go to heaven, do not leave this place without doing so. Come up here. Come to me. Come to some, ask somebody. Talk to somebody. Okay? And make that decision. If you are a believer, I think there's a lot of us that can say, 
you know, we can give God a lot more than what we've been giving him lately. As a church, as a people, uh, me, myself included, I felt the Lord spoke this to me clearly. And you don't know how sobering that is to hear that. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. I'm telling you that if you just abide in the vine, asking God and, and spending time with him, your prayers are going to be heard in heaven. You're going to be producing fruit, doing the will of the Father. And I promise you, if you're breathing in here today, God still has something in store for you. I can't tell you what it is. But it's something. And he didn't create us just to be an average people. A people set, sanctified and set apart for his purpose. So if you got something going on and you want to come up and pray, I'd welcome you to do that. If you need me to pray with you about something, come up here. I, we have all day. I know, I'm sure you got lunch to eat and football to watch, but I'm telling you, we got all day. This is important right here, right now. This is your time and your chance. So please come.